We are in chapter 7, Tadek Zayin of Tanya. We're on page 121, Tanya for the 10th day of Teves. In Tadek Zayin, the Altarebbe is describing the various levels of Kripas Neiga and how it can either go into Kedusha, can become part of holiness, or it can be dragged down into totally dark Kripa. When dragged into totally dark Kripa, it then needs to be elevated and redeemed either through the coming of Mashiach at which time all unholiness will be removed from the world, so that the divine sparks in the unholy can return to their source, can be freed and return to their source, or through an intense tshuva, a tshuva out of love that turns an intentional sin into an actual mitzvah. Now we continue on. But the energy, the life, of the wasted uh, seed which was brought down into into totally dark klipam the wasting of the seed is a sin and therefore is part of the totally dark klipam but the energy the life that was invested in it can be redeemed and elevated from the state of of Klippa through a proper tshuva and with an intense kavana if a person does a proper tshuva and has intense kavana at the reading of the Shema before going to bed as is known from the writings of the Ari that such tshuva is enough to bring the energy that was invested in this sin to bring it back to holiness. And you, it doesn't take a great intense tshuva, a tshuva out of love, to elevate this energy back to godliness. Umirumas begimara. Now, Rizal says it. It is also hinted at in the Gemara that kol the Gemara says that he who recites the Shema before going to bed is as if he wields a double-edged sword. And what is the meaning of a double-edged sword? In order to cut away, to, to kill the unholiness that has become the garment that enclothes the life or the energy of, of, that, of that seed, that had been wasted, and then the energy, the life, can rise from that unholiness because it's been released from it, as is known to those who are familiar with Kabbalah. So the Gemara is also saying that by reading the Shema, you cut away the unholiness and the energy is then free to ascend and to go back to holiness. And it is because of this because it doesn't take a special tshuva, an intense tshuva, it takes a regular tshuva and kavana at, at, during the Shema to elevate the the energy from this sin. That's why lehuskar ovin That's why the sin of wasting seed is not mentioned among the sexual sins in in the Torah. Although. On the other hand, the wasting of the seed is a more serious sin. The god lavene, 
and the sin is greater, the transgression is greater, in terms of the quantity of unholiness and and tuma that is generated through the wasting of the seed, more so than other forbidden sexual sins, yet it is not mentioned in that list of sins. Only as much as the sin of wasting seed is greater than the sexual sins, in that it generates more unholiness, but the type of unholiness that is generated in a sexual sin gives life and energy to unholiness more so than the wasting of the seed. I'll explain in a moment. The the amount of unholiness generated is greater in the wasting of the seed than in a sexual sin. On the other hand, the amount of energy gained by the unholy, by klipa, is greater in the sexual sin than in the wasting of the seed. And that's why it is harder to do tshuva for a sexual sin. Because tshuva means regaining, redeeming the spark of godliness that had been dragged down and degraded into unholiness. And it is easier to regain or redeem the the energy invested in this wasting of seed than to redeem the energy invested in a sexual sin. Because in the sexual sin, the klipa has absorbed it, has gained life from that sin, and it is difficult to take it back in the sexual sin, the only kind of tshuva that can break through this klipa and regain the energy or the divine spark to bring it back to holiness is only a great tshuva out of love, the kind of tshuva that makes the sin, the intentional sin, into a mitzvah. In the note, Tal-Tarebbe writes as follows, Why is it that it's so much harder and you have to do a much greater tshuva when when committing a sexual sin, because it's become absorbed into the feminine aspect of klipa, that part of klipa that that receives and absorbs the the the, the energy from holiness. Whereas in the wasting of the seed, there there is no female element to the sin. It is only the emissaries of the klipa that clothe the wasted seed as is known to those who study Kabbalah. To explain this a little bit, in everything there is a male and a female aspect. In a sin also, there is male and female. The male aspect of the sin is the desire to to do what one wants. It is not so much 
the, the need for the sin, the pursuit of the pleasure for, from the sin, it is more uh, a self-generated desire to express oneself. That's called the masculine aspect of the sin. When a person wants to express himself and is careless as to what expression he uses and allows himself to express whatever he feels in any way that he feels, this is a masculine motivation to sin. The feminine motivation to sin is that there exists a sin and the pleasure that that sin promises or holds out is irresistible to the person and so he gives in to that pleasure. That's called responding to the sin or the sin draws you in and that's the feminine part. Now, in an actual sin, a sexual sin, there's both a male and a female part. Not only that there is a male and a female person but there's a male and female part to the sin that he is responding, both masculine and feminine, and thereby he is absorbed in the sin, by the sin, and that contains the energy that he puts into it, and to regain it is not, is not easy. You have to break through the klipa so that the klipa will permit what it absorbed to be taken back and, and, and raised back to godliness. Whereas in the wasting of the seed, the motivation is strictly masculine. And even though there, is, there can be some thought or it could be motivated indirectly by the, the, the desire, which is a feminine thing, but that's called the messengers or the emissaries of klipa, not actual klipa. And therefore it is easier to regain the energy invested in the wasting of seed than it is in the actual sexual sin. Now going back to the text. And with this we'll understand on a deeper level a statement of the sages. What is a, a fault that cannot be corrected? What fault can't be corrected one who has relations with a, with a forbidden relation and gives birth to an illegitimate child an illegitimate child in Taira is a child born out of incest or out of adultery then even if he does a really great tshuva he can't elevate that energy to holiness because it's already come down into this world. And it is now clothed and contained within a body, flesh and blood, of the child. And so this is a third possibility. The first possibility is the wasting of seed, where there is no unholiness, there's no klipa to receive it. And therefore, it is redeemable through a proper tshuva and proper kavana at the reading of the Shema. Then there is the actual sexual sin where no child is born, no illegitimate child is born, and that sin is harder to do tshuva for. It is harder to regain the 
the the godliness that was invested in it because there's a feminine aspect to the sin a feminine creeper that absorbs the sin then there's a third possibility where there's actually a human being who absorbs it and that is the illegitimate child who now contains some element of this unholiness and even though the parents do tshuva they can't turn the sin into a mitzvah because it is no longer in their control and even this unholiness will be removed from the world with the coming of Mashiach which is the other possibility the other, the alternative way of regaining even the holiness that has fallen into the totally dark klipa with the coming of Mashiach in the Hayyim Yayim there are times when the connection between the, the Tanya and the Hayyim Yayim is obvious and there sometimes it's not so obvious in these days it is rather obvious because the Rebbe is talking about about tshuva, about unholiness and not taking pleasure in unholiness and so on. Also the connection between the Hayyim Yayim and the Rambam. The day of Ches Teves where the Tzemach Tzedek tells the Malamdim who are teaching his grandchildren that corresponds to the chapter in the Rambam, which is Hilchas Talmud for the ninth of Teves, where it speaks about yesterday Shia, where it speaks about uh, not taking benefit or pleasure from the words describing Avedazara, corresponds to the next chapter in Rambam, which is Hilchas Avedazara. And today's Hayyim Yayim corresponds to the Rambam, Hilchas Tshuva, which follows Hilchas Avedazara. And in it, the Rebbe says, The Tzamech Tzedek once told someone in Yechidus, Let the sinner leave his ways, and the uh, sinful person leave his thoughts. So the Rebbe says, That Ovein humeloshen oin, the dot can be on top of the vav and, and be a, a chaylam so that the word is read oin instead of ovin. And then the meaning of the word would be strength, strong, strength. And the meaning would be as follows. Just as it is necessary for the rasha to leave his ways, this is necessary because without tshuva you can't begin to serve God properly which is what we're learning in Tanya Pedic Zion in the same way it is equally necessary for the strong person meaning a person with a strong opinion of himself it is equally important that he leave his thoughts abandon his opinions he shouldn't say, I think or I say, it is my opinion, because because every I, capital I, is arrogance, and it is the source of evil, and it causes divisiveness among people.